You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hi, Tim. Hello, Sean. And listeners, if there's a, there's a chance that you are listening to this episode mere hours after it was recorded. Are you, are you, are you suggesting it's going to be uploaded? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get it uploaded tonight. So if somebody's listening later tonight, they'll be like, it's like being in the same room. They will be like, oh my God, fantasy advice I can use before our, <laughs> our transactions. Do apologize. Uh, Sean and I are both. Life gets busy. Yep. We both are working stiffs and have families. And so anyway, I'm trying to get, we're trying to get this out to you where it might, might be actionable this week for you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Unless you're. There's tra- no promises. There's no your promises. Tra- well, unless your transactions happen on Tuesday night and you don't get to this till Wednesday, then it's still too late. Yeah. But. Also, gig. we'll try to keep it less than two hours so yeah. you can actually get through the material in a reasonable amount of time as well. Good point. I uh, I had a gig this weekend, Sean. Yeah, play, playing, uh, I played farm stock, it was called. Oh, yeah. And I was really excited. It was out on a farm. I was picturing like a field full of people. People were invited to camp out if they wanted to. It was like a, if you build it, they will come. You're expecting people to kind of like walk out of the corn. Yep. Right. Yeah, I was I was like I'm like this could be big. Mm-hmm. And then it was like 50 degrees and really windy and kind of raining a little bit. Mm. So there were 12 people there. <laughs> oh my. It was so it's so much work to haul out the PA system and get everything set up and then you're I mean God bless the 12 people that were there. Yeah. We we gave them How everything many, we had. Did you but, know all 12? No, I didn't know any of them. Okay, that's a start. Yeah. I don't like playing in front of people I know. I mean, like for people I know, when they watch me play music, like I'm, I'm grateful and, and I'm glad they came and to make it look more full. But, <laughs> but I actually prefer like when I've done gigs where I don't know anybody. Yeah, it's uh, especially like big gigs. Like uh, we've had uh, some shows that were um, well attended, like music festivals and whatnot, and it was. Uh, it's super fun. It's, it was so much fun. Such yeah. a rush. I like I miss playing. It. I like playing out of town. Yeah, when I was like, well, if anybody shows up, it's not going to be my friends. So right, right, exactly. <laughs> it's a good time. So, that's why I never go watch you play. It's actually, it's just because I'm trying <laughs> oh, to spare you. Oh, yeah. that's why. That's oh, it. okay, that's I see. <laughs> All right, well, we have a fish or cut bait episode for you today. Uh, we should say up front, I think cut bait, we want you to know sometimes it does mean we're going to advise that you actually cut these players if you can't make a deal with somebody to get rid of them. But it oftentimes just means think about moving along. Yeah, like you, the the metaphor that we're using is like sometimes like your fishing line gets stuck and you have to like on a rock and what you're you're not, it's not a fish. So you got to, you got to cut the line 
because you otherwise you're going to be wasting your time. Exactly. So if you by cutting that you can unload that problem on somebody else, great. By all means. And the other general statement I'd throw out there is this is salary cap. And and so salaries are a huge part of this. Yeah. And so there's, you know, we obviously don't have any way of knowing what these players cost in your league. Uh so I'll try, I know at least in some of the guys I'm going to talk about, I will actually say like, oh, if he's minimum salary, go ahead and keep him. But um, you always got to know the salary and and think about the state that your team is in as well. Yep. Good advice. Yes. All right. Well, let's jump into these players. We've got a bunch of names. We're going to try to get in and out pretty quickly on most of these guys. Um, Mm. We're kind of going through the, uh, the... the, the roster, we're starting with quarterbacks again, I guess, here and, and working our way down to tight ends. So uh, let's start with Justin Fields, Sean. He's- yeah, he is the quarterback 30 right now. So he's only a second-year player. Yes. Uh, Tim, do you want to uh, fish or cut bait with Justin Fields? I, he's, he's a huge disappointment, right? You would agree oh, yeah. right now, so far. I would agree. And, and pretty much everybody in that class has largely been a disappointment with regards, with the exception of Trevor Lawrence last week, right? <laughs> which you don't know if that's long-term, but, but just. Yeah. I, and I, I was a little lower on Justin Fields coming out as a rookie than you were, but yeah. I still would say fish. And, and I, I do say that kind of slowly just because Chicago is such a mess, but that's basically the reason why I'm saying stick with them. He's yeah. just in a terrible situation, and I've seen enough from him on the field where I'm interested. He's he's definitely got some skills. So he's got like the athleticism where you think you can build something off of. Um, and there are certain people on the internets that uh, I follow that really like Justin Fields, and, and they will make every excuse for Justin Fields. And there are lots of valid excuses for Justin Fields, for sure. He's in a... Uh, uh, plays on a team where they have not supported him with talent around him that is that he can do anything with it's the opposite of what Tua Tua got right Um, but uh, at the same time he's made some throws that are just like you're just not not accurate you know throwing uh, throwing a a pick where NFL quarterback you should be able to hit that guy instead it's an interception because you threw behind him on and out, and someone picked it off. And um, some of that can improve. We saw Josh Allen improve, accuracy wise. I just think you're you're betting what you're starting with in Justin Fields in terms of athleticism is so superior. Um, and uh, I I think he uh, there isn't there hasn't been enough to say that he can't make it go in the same way I didn't think it would be fair to judge Trevor Lawrence after last year's rookie fiasco that he had. Like you just, it's kind of the same analysis. Like I haven't, I just, I, the, the, it's an un, his, it's an incomplete grade. Um, you gave me, but you're, you are saying fish with him. Yeah. I'm saying fish with him. Okay. I'm not happy about it because I, yeah, I if I had him, I would just be like, what is wrong with, with Chicago? Well, hopefully he's just still sitting on your taxi squad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like you, you want, you know, I think about what I did with 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 um, Josh Allen is is I didn't didn't and bring him into my like he wasn't 
playing and starting for me for several years, and I was just patient with it. And I think you just have to be patient with Justin Fields. I don't think selling him now, you're selling him at the bottom, and don't that's that's, that's never uh, that's good. a. I'd rather just eat it. I'd rather yep. just. Yep. If he ends up being a bad player, I'd rather just be like, okay, well, you didn't pan out, and yeah. and and then then sell low. To me, I wouldn't do so. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Matt Ryan is our second guy, uh, currently the quarterback, twenty nine. Now, I, I don't know that anybody was really excited about Matt Ryan this year, and then I did a bunch of research on him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was early. So, in, let's let's get through it. Yeah. yeah. While he was early in the dock, I'm like, oh, I got lots of time. I'll look up a bunch of stats. But uh, his opportunity metrics this year are really good. The he's fifth in red zone attempts. He's fifth in pace of play. His team is. Uh, he's seventh in team pass plays per game, seventh in pass attempts. So he's getting oh, all he's getting all the opportunity in the world, right? But his efficiency metrics are really poor. There's a list of air yards per attempt, true completion percentage, uh, red zone completion percentage. They're all well below the median. Somehow he's uh, he's 31st in true passer rating. This these are the funny ones. Thirty third in fantasy points per drop back, and thirty ninth in expected points added. Last I checked, there were thirty two teams in the league, so I don't know which which quarterbacks are passing him. Well, up and there. the thing is about EPA is expected points added. That that's not a fantasy stat. That's that's like for his NFL team, right? Is he doing things to help his NFL team win? And he's not. Right. And. But they're not, they're, they don't have a plan B. Matt Ryan's going to be the deal there, at least this year. Um, when he ha- Okay, so he has an effective line. He has a great run game. I mean, maybe, arguably, he's got the best running back in the league right now, but at least he's got one of the top three or four, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're, if you're being really generous to other people, right? Yep. Um, he has a variety of receiving targets. Like, he has... Everything that you would ever want, and he still stinks. Uh, Sorry, so, Mrs. Ryan. <laughs> yeah. So I just I think about him and his his history, and you know, maybe he just needed a Hall of Fame wide receiver to 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 be good, and that's maybe that's just the answer. Is that he he's not going to put up enough volume? Oh, he has the volume, but he's not going to be able to put up enough volume of, in terms of yardage and fantasy stats production he, yeah. yeah production i guess yeah uh because he doesn't have prime julio instead he's got michael pittman who's also a good receiver but you know prime julio is prime uh, hall of fame player right so right. I, I just don't see anything better happening for him there's not something that's going to change where suddenly oh he's going to start being productive i think you have to cut bait all right on to davis mills sean yeah I, quarterback twenty nine, which I is think, what twenty eight, something like that. So I was gonna say that's what I said for Matt Ryan. So something got crisscrossed there. He's twenty eight. Maybe they're tied. They're they're down. Yeah, far. they're not good. They're not good. So what do you what do you think about Davis Mills? So here's so here, this is a guy that you and I have said have said a little tongue in cheek, but not totally. That was the best rookie out of last year's rookie class, right? Um, and there's just a chance that there isn't any good rookies out of last year's uh, highly touted rookie class. 
Uh, he's an interesting player because you want him to take a step forward in year two after a pretty good year for a rookie in the NFL last year. And I would expect him to struggle with high-pressure throws, um, maybe a more some more complicated things. But here's the thing. He actually does well under pressure. He's 10th in the league in pressure throws. But when he's got a clean pocket, there's no pressure. He's among the worst. He's 31st. Uh, to me, that tells me a couple things. One, he might have a hard time finding the weak spots in coverage. Like he maybe is struggling reading a defense. He comes from Stanford. You'd expect him to be a bright guy, but you don't know. Um, being a bright guy is different than being able to read an NFL defense. Yeah, it's a different thing. Um, but the other thing I think it probably more likely is, is that he's just not accurate. He's not accurate. He, there are some accuracy metrics. He's not accurate versus man or zone. So he's he's not succeeding when he has no pressure on him, and he's not succeeding in in being accurate. It, basic accuracy is a is, is an essential building block, as I see it. If you don't have it, it's really rare to develop it. Josh Allen is the example that everybody uses, but for every Josh Allen, there's a a million guys that never never developed that accuracy. So I'm like coming. He, he was a third-round pick, I think. Third, third-round pick or second-round pick? I think he was a third-round pick. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I think, yeah. But he, he was picked well after the other guys, and I think I want to say he was picked like one pick after the Vikings took Kellen Mott. Um, and uh, I think that he, he fell, at least when we looked at him as a rookie, like he was pretty inconsistent. And I could see something there, but he just didn't excite me all that much. And I think, honestly, I think we're seeing the limitations of what he can do. And so for me, it's a cut bait. Yeah, he showed us a little something last year. We've talked about him a bit on this show over a couple of episodes. Um, he, sh he showed enough to get our interest, but he hasn't taken a step forward this year. He's taken a slight step backward right now when you look at his numbers not just production but when you're looking at uh efficiency so, and yeah so if you so if you've got him on your developmental squad i guess maybe that's the question because you know you have to if you need if there's a player that's exciting that's out there on the waiver wire like he is a guy that i would be like um i, I don't want to wait he, i'm He's a waiver wire level player. If you're playing Superflex, maybe I'd feel different about that. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's the difference is if it's Superflex, then you kind of hold on to every quarterback prospect. But right. but if it's a one-quarterback league... You don't need to roster him. You don't need to roster him. Nope. All right, switching over to Tom Brady now. It's <laughs> a different conversation. A, we maybe should have found a more clever way of organizing these. <laughs> they're organized by how bad they're doing. And Tom Brady is the 26th best quarterback in the league right so now. So slightly better. Slightly, slightly better. better yeah, these are all best. getting harder and harder in theory. Yeah. But like it is it's a totally different analysis because yeah. you're not the questions you're asking about Tom Brady is very different. So he's uh, yeah, you you I think mentioned his quarterback 26 right now. Uh 
I'm convinced, I think I mentioned this too earlier uh, in, in, the, uh, in an earlier episode, I'm convinced this is his last year. Mm-hmm. I just see some indications like that this is, this is a farewell tour. So I, I, especially if you're not a contender, I would say cut bait. Um, he's, I expect him to do better, to finish better than quarterback 26 this year. But I don't know that he's going to be... Um, well, he's not going to be anything next year, in in my opinion, in mm-hmm. my prediction, and um, so I get he'd be if you're a contender, he'd be a guy that's hard for me to tough. It'd be hard for me to move along, but um, I don't think he's necessarily going to win you your championship this year. Now he's one of the things going on with him is he's got very little to work with so far this season. Uh, Godwin has only played once. Julio's played only in one game. Mike Evans missed last week. Gronk's not there anymore, and Cameron Brait is no Gronk. Rashad White is still kind of working into his what if, role. What if Gronk comes back? Well, I mean, it might <laughs> help. And actually, that's why I'm saying I think Tom Brady will will finish better than 26th because he's, he's. I still have Gronk on my Scott Fishbowl roster. Do you? Well, yeah. You, there's nobody out a, there a boy, in free agency. A boy can dream. A boy can dream, right? <laughs> there's nothing in free agency in Scott Fishbowl. No, oh, my gosh. It's so dead. Yeah. 22-man rosters. So Yeah. No, I know. Anyway, um, so I think, uh, yeah, I think those, you know, he'll get Godwin back eventually, I think. He'll get Julio back. Hopefully Mike Evans won't get into another fight and stay <laughs> on the field. Right. Um, so, you know, he'll do okay. But definitely if you are rebuilding, I would... I would move him along. And that's pretty That's pretty close to what I have to say. Basically, I think it's tough. Uh, I think it's really more about your team. You need to evaluate your team. It's not really about Tom Brady, I think. I think you can – we're both saying Brady's numbers will improve. These receivers will come back online. Um, who? But they may be a little – I mean, like Godwin, I mean, he's – it's a couple of injuries. Like he, this might be a year where he's not healthy – the entire year. Julio has a PCL tear. So and I think you might be able to limp along and play running back uh, with a PCL tear like Zeke did, like poorly, but you can do it. If you're wide receiver, you have to make such sudden cuts, snap down in your routes just to even get open. I think there's a chance that he's basically rounding a lot of routes because as Bjorn said, like it affects the stability of your knee and if you don't feel like you're, if you feel like you're, it's like, you know, yeah, who's gonna... one, you're right. Your one foot has got cleats on. The other one has like penny loafers and your, your foot's sliding around inside there. Like it, it, you can't do what you would normally do because you're worried about what's going to happen. So I, right. I do think that that might affect him all year long. Um, and the only receiver that I see, I mean, they've got a bunch of other guys. They're just signed Cole Beasley. They just, these are not guys that are going to make a difference for him. Like Mike Evans is critical, yeah. and he can't get into a fight and and take himself off the field when there's nobody else there. And he still actually had decent numbers this past week without any of those players. So I, my issue with Tom Brady is you, if your team is a contender and he's it for you, then I think you ride him. If uh, – your team is not a contender, then I hold him until some of these pieces come back 
or he he starts he has maybe two or three good games in a row, and then I and then I move him, and I think you you doing it because you're not going to get anything in the future, and um, I think what you're going to get, like maybe at the end of the year when everybody's healthy and Gronk is signed and they're making a push for a Super Bowl, like he might have a, a series of games that are like old Tom Brady, but your fantasy season might be over by then, mm-hmm. and. Dealing with this all season long, I think, will be frustrating. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. All right. Do you have any? We've we've got a couple of big names here, Sean. Yeah. In Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. So so Aaron Rodgers, yeah. There these are some guys that are also. I think Aaron Rodgers is quarterback twenty five. Russ is quarterback twenty two. I have a couple thoughts on these. I'm just going to try to be quick about it. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> um, try. try. I'll do my best. There. Uh, everybody knows I like to talk. So, um, Aaron Rodgers had cut bait. And the reason why, it's just not knocking Aaron Rodgers. He has these bad years every once in a while. You might remember one of I them, do. Tim. I, I picked him up at the auction in one for, of his for, bad years. For, for like a big massive, chunk of change, right? Yeah. 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 And then he, then he added a down year. It happens. He doesn't have anybody there. We talked about this, when it, but the interesting things about this season is he doesn't – how do these guys like him and Mahomes perform without things? Mahomes still has Travis Kelsey, right? Aaron Rodgers has nothing. He's got terrible washed-up receivers like Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb, and he's got rookies who some people are high on, but, rookies, but they're just not there yet. They're not there yet. And I don't think there's anything that, to me that says this person is going to be anything like a Devontae Adams this year at least. So if you're if you're thinking, well, I, I've got Aaron Rodgers because I want to have him under my contract. I, I, I got two or three years with Aaron Rodgers, and he, you know he's not that old. And it's he's like 38, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, in, historically, he's old as hell. Yeah. Right. But like in the world of uh, – of Tom Tom Brady's like he's not that old, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't take a ton of hits. Um, so if you if you have him in a contractual situation where you think he can be your quarterback for several years, okay, that's fine. You can do it. But if you're riding him for this year, like it ain't happening. I don't think so. That's yeah. that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I agree with you, Russell uh, Wilson. Yeah, you mentioned I think a couple episodes ago. I think it was after week one. Yeah. He had decent numbers in that game, but you said it just didn't look didn't, quite right. He didn't look quite right. He it, doesn't look as like you. There's a play I want to say two weeks ago because people make a lot of comparisons between uh, Russ and Kyler Murray, undersized mobile quarterbacks, right? And if you watch that play from like two weeks ago, uh, where I think Kyler Murray literally was scrambling, he had two plays like this in the same game. I want to say it was against the Raiders where he was just scrambling around for like 15, 20 seconds before breaking out running. Like Russ can't do that. He doesn't have that level of mobility. And I think then he looks like a guy that a major part of his game is gone. And the rest of it, just when it's by itself, you don't add that dynamic part to the game, just isn't that good. Yeah, and I, you know, I, we had we've heard rumors that he's been washed, in right, the, in the well, past, so, or recently here. Yeah, so somebody in Seattle was saying privately 
that, that he's washed. That he's washed, and that's and, why they traded him. And if if you follow the money, mm. right, what did Seattle do? They they let him go without really having anybody. I mean, Geno Smith has looked better Wait, this year. Are you knocking Geno <laughs> Smith? No, but, but, no, but, but, they, saying, but they saw Russ every single that's day. That's what I'm saying. They, and, they let him go without really having another quarterback waiting in the wings. And their fans were outraged, and they still did it. Yeah. And I think that might, if you follow the money, that it might be an indication like they're seeing this guy every day, and he's done. Yeah, or or he's, or he's, or they. To me, it reminds me of the Herschel Walker trade. Like the Vikings uh, traded everything for Herschel Walker. Now, yes, this is an '80s reference here. Ding. Um, but Google it. It was the most. It's the most incredible trade in all sports, as far as I'm concerned. But the Vikings traded like a million draft picks and and a million players for one running back who statistically was a dominant running back. But he was very limited in what he could do. He could only basically run from out of the eye formation. He needed, you know, eight yards to get up to speed to be effective. He, he couldn't move laterally. And he just, he worked in that system where he basically got focused completely. Well, the Vikings had kind of like, more of a West Coast offense kind of a thing going on. They needed uh, a, a different type of running back, but but they didn't know the limitations of him. The Cowboys knew what the limitations were, and they just were like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll give them to you. And I feel like it's a little bit like that. When a team unloads a big name, usually, usually it's because they don't believe in the player to begin with. So, So cut bait. I'm in cut bait for Russ Wilson, yeah. I think I am too. And somebody else is going to rush out and pick him up and laugh at you. Yeah, I wouldn't. Okay. I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily like. Again, it's a cut. Do you cut him? He's the kind of guy where, in most leagues and most salary situations, if you can recover something for him, I would do that. No, yeah, of course. But I would be unlikely just to straight cut him. But you know, if you're in a superflex. The, this is the kind of thing where you maybe try to move him and get some draft picks so you can get a up and coming quarterback. But like maybe maybe you are thinking about moving him for an underperforming young quarterback, like somebody like Trevor or or uh, Justin Fields or one of these guys that like hasn't really done anything yet, but like has a future potentially. Uh, I'd consider making a move like that. All right, on to the running backs. And we'll start with the one, Ezekiel Elliott. He, through three weeks... Now, when we first did this, wrote this doc, we didn't have last night's game in, and he was running back 50. He yes. jumped up to running back 29 just in one week. So, Is that overall? Or, yeah. Okay. And point, well, yeah, but it's points per game. But, oh. But, like, but he's, he's played, played all three games. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, that's still not real good. That's still not why you drafted Zeke. Right. Um, so what do you think, Tim? Are you fishing or cutting bait on Zeke? I'm I'm fishing, and for the following reasons. he's You're not going to cut him. No. And I think what you would get for him in a trade is is not equal to what he's worth to your team right now. Even, I mean, if you're rebuilding and you can get the right deal, sure, maybe. I'd probably do that. But I just don't think you're going to get what Would you he's... trade Zeke for a, a single first-round draft pick? 
you don't know where that pick is. Uh, I mean, depending if on... You're what, rebuilding, if you're yeah, rebuilding. Yeah, I think I probably would do that. I probably would, too. Yeah. He, I watched him play last night. He yeah. ripped off like a 30-yard run at one point. Tony yeah. Pollard did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's still he's still producing. He may not look as pretty sometimes on some plays as Pollard does, and that's what everybody's talking about, mm-hmm. that he doesn't look as explosive, but he still is a good running back. His touch, one of his, did he just get one touchdown last night? Yeah, just one. That touchdown run was a, that was a professional running back yeah. running that ball. Um, so I just, especially if you're contending, hang on to him. And unless you get a sweet deal for him, I, I would just fish with him. I come up with the same answer. Um, and I really, you know, I've spent, I've had Zeke on my team since I drafted him. Right. Um, and I've, I've tried to trade him. I've, I've actually, I think I made a trade a trade last year. It just turned out to be illegal under our rules, so it didn't stick. <laughs> but so I was willing. I've been willing to trade him. Um, you, we have a we have a uh, protection act. And... T- let's be honest. It's called the TK Protection Act. Because <laughs> I love Use the full name. I love trading my draft picks for players, and so I kept. I would, tr- but I ended up trading several years out into the future. And uh, so they instituted a rule where it's like, no, you can only do it two years was, into the we future. We call it that because it's funny, but the purpose was we didn't want somebody to trade away the entire future of a team and then bail on the league, right? Yeah. You were never going to bail on the league. It's not, it's, we just do that to tease you. So you, you inadvertently included a third I, I, three years into the future draft pick, and that violated the rules. Because so- I, the trade had been done before the rookie draft yeah yeah and so it and then it just didn't happen it didn't have i would have had i would have had yeah i would have had saquon i think is the player that i would have gotten with that pick plus who knows what else anyway it doesn't matter the point matters i have don't don't i can i can view zeke fairly uh so I look at how the Cowboys use him, and this has always been the thing that I've said about Zeke is you said he's a professional running back. He is. He doesn't get the, the flashy, bursty plays as much, but there's a lot of plays where he gets six yards, yards where Tony Pollard would get would have gotten three. And, uh, and the team knows that. Plus, he's amazing in pass protection. But I will say, so he's on the field in those, in those key situations. What I saw last night, though, I saw Pollard in some of those key situations. Not exclusively. It wasn't, but it's just, I I think they are extending what they're willing to give Pollard. And when I start looking at how much they're both playing, it has has been a a two-thirds, one-third situation. It seems to be a bit more of a 60-40 situation, which is a small difference. But Zeke's crazy years were all when he was getting the full boat. He was yeah. getting everything. And th- I think those days are done. He's now in a spot where he's going to get about 60 to si- 60 to 70% of the work. It's going to remain that way. And if you can deal with it, you can deal with it that you had. So you have to deal with it for almost every running back, but he's just now in that discussion of running backs who don't get the ball all the time. And he's in the, the list of running backs that are true bell callbacks is just reduced by right. one. So you're we're both fishing with him. Yeah, I, and, and it's also I don't I don't see a sell high moment. I mean, if he has a couple of big weeks, I think this I I don't want to predict it or anything. Like that Tony Pollard gets hurt, then you're going to see the market for for Zeke pop up quite a bit. But it's it would take that. Yeah. 
All right, on to Rashad Penny. He's been a little bit of a surprise for me. He's running back 48 uh, mm. now through three weeks. M- my prediction was that if if he was healthy, he was going to take that job and just hang on to it. And that's not what's happened in Seattle. He's in a messy committee right now with Walker, the heir apparent. A couple of other Jags are taking. Walker's not playing a ton yet, though. He's just sharing time no. with all these guys. Yeah. There's he. I thought he would get you know eighty percent of, of snaps or yeah. or rushes or what like touches, and that's just not what's happening. And the yet. offense overall is kind of anemic. Yes, it's not a great offense. So he's a twenty-six-year-old running back. He's got a one-year contract with Seattle. Uh, he's not doing anything right now where teams are going to be clamoring to bring him in as their main back. Seattle possibly hang on to him but i don't necessarily see them doing that either well if they do it'll be they'll be paying him money to be a backup right I think that's where this is headed so i think he's just he's just kind of stuck unless something changes injury wise for somebody and that's actually most likely to be penny <laughs> um sadly sadly so yes i think yeah he's just he's he's just not worth hanging on to i have him Mm-hmm. I I picked him up. You have at, met like the minimum, right? I picked him up at minimum salary last year. I had to give him a small contract this year to hang on to him. So I'm paying him a little more than minimum. So I'm going to hang on to him. And you're in a rebuild situation. Gonna, so, yeah. so yeah. And I just, I do think that he's approaching roster clogger status is what I would say. I feel like. And even in a rebuild, Sean, like he's 26. Yeah. So like even in a rebuild. You, I, in I a rebuild, have, you're looking to move him still. I still am looking to move him. I yep. just, right now, I can't probably. Right. So that's the thing is, it's like you have to evaluate him in terms of likelihood that whoever you could get off the waiver wire is going to be a better bet. And I, I, that depends on how deep everybody's rosters are. But the, But I wouldn't be looking at... Rashad Penny is a player that you need to hold on to because he might have some big future. It's just so hard when he, he finished the season. The yeah, season so but it's strong gone. last year. But it's gone. That it's, happened, it, I mean, that it, does happen. Very much. That does happen, done. and that was one of the things that people said might happen this year. And the, the, ultimately, um, you know, you're hoping that he has a, a couple games where that is a thing. But but if there's something good on the waiver wire, like I I, I He's a guy that I would sacrifice to, to just, bet on somebody else. Just cut him. This, yeah. I, I mean, I. It just depends on what that is, but yeah. Yeah. All right, Alvin Alvin Kamara has been a surprise through three games. Running back forty three in yeah. points per game basis. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say fish, but there are some reasons to cut Kamara. Or, just to or cut to, him. Or to not move, really no. cut him, to yeah. trade him. Move, him. move on. Yeah, okay. move, move on from him. He'll be 28 years old next year, which is, for a running back, we all know that's starting to get into dangerous territory. Um, he's probably suspended a good chunk of next year for this fight that he was in. Uh, depending on where your team is at and your salary situation with Kamara, it could make sense to move him right now. Right. Well, I shouldn't say that. It might make sense to move him, but don't do it right now because you'd be selling low. He's looking not great now. He'll rebound. I think he'll rebound. So I would hang on to him until he starts putting up a string of good games, and then I would try to move him. Yeah, I I think I said fish, but 
try to get somebody else to take your pole. Right? Like take take, take your pole? Your fishing pole. Oh god. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We've got a whole metaphor thing here going. Go, I know. I was just went a different direction with it. <laughs> wow. And if and if you're contending, I would say just go ahead and fish with them. I would, but honestly, like, if you're going for it this year, I don't see any reason. You, I, do you the, think? Yeah, I see. For me, the reason is ultimately like, if you're contending, like, unless he's like the only thing you have there, like, I think that you're in a I, the. The cliff for him next year seems so real. It seems so real because of his age and and the suspension. Like that's a thing that people probably aren't thinking about still. They're worried about it. We're into the season. It's all been forgotten. But it's not. And I do think that there's a very good chance that he misses a big chunk of next year. That if you knew that and you were thinking about that, you would probably uh, be devaluing him. So I would definitely wait for him to kind of get rolling a little bit. And then, and then, yeah, unless, unless you can't, unless he's key to your offense, then, uh, then, then I'm, then I'm, I want to, I want to trade him before the season's over because once the off season begins, people are going to start talking about that suspension. And I just, that's why you move him now. Unless, unless he's the piece to put you over the unless top. Unless he is the key. If he is the, the linchpin to your offense, then you, then you just ride it out and suck it up. Right. All right. On to wide receivers. Jerry Judy, wide receiver 49 so far into this season. Um, did, did you want to take the lead on this one, Sean, or you want me to? Um, you, go ahead. It's, it's Not that I have a I'll lot. I'll do the next one. Not that I have a lot of great analysis here, but... Um, he's Judy has just had so little to work with in his career at quarterback. And it looks like Russell Wilson is going to continue that tradition mm. at least so far. Well, I don't think he's, he's not as he's, you can't compare him with Drew Locke. And, but if he's washed, I mean, there were, I think several, he's washed from his peak. There were several throws this past week where Judy ran a nice route got open, and Russell Wilson threw a terrible pass to him. That's right. He still threw ended it behind up with 102 him. yards and a touchdown. I know. But that, that that was in week one. Yeah. I'm saying this past week, like, just a, just a down and out. Judy ran this nice route, was open by about three yards, and Russell threw it two yards behind him. Yeah. Like, I just feel like he's been battling poor quarterback play his entire NFL career. Um He's getting targets. He got six targets this week. He had seven targets in week one. Uh, here's the thing. Here's my problem with Judy. I don't see him as ever elevating into that consistent wide receiver one role. And that's kind of where people drafted him as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, so there I was, think- there's a lot of pre-draft talk of the four or five premier running backs and then and Jerry Judy and like maybe what maybe CD Lamb, Lamb but like yeah. but those were the the you wanted one of those guys and after that then you're grabbing at things that you were hoping for which Justin Jefferson sure did but you could have also gotten Henry Ruggs or or some of these other guys that that didn't pan out um so I, I'm with you on this I don't I've seen enough Jerry Judy and some of the problems I had with him coming into the year was into the rookie class were that he he didn't win contested catches. He didn't have great hands. Like he he caught balls, but he his route running was so good that he was never 
he never had to win contested catches. And when I see he him having to make catches through contact, he still doesn't have that skill. I don't see him ever as a go-to alpha wide receiver on your fantasy football team. And I'm not talking about alpha in terms of like the the big receiver. No, I just mean like he's never going to be your wide receiver one. And and, and you're paying him like that. You, well, you drafted him thinking he might be that. And the small guys who end up doing that are, are, are kind of rare. Right. And so for me, I still think he has a name. I think you say the name Jerry Judy and people get excited. Well, he, maybe he's going to come around. And for that reason, I would move him. Yeah. I would move him because I think he still has, I think that name thing still is with him. Yep. And, and you, you want it, you need to take those salary considerations. Uh, you got to need to think about those and you can get good value back for him and probably a cheaper player. Right. And he's still young. People will still buy into the future for him, and maybe he's the next Calvin Ridley or something. But I just I don't think he's ever going to be that special guy, and so I move him. All right, Brandon Cooks, right, wide receiver, fifty-one. He has just kind of been a wide receiver, you know, twelve, eleven, thirteen for years for so and years long. on so many different teams. Down at fifty-one so far this year. I'm fishing. This, you, you're, you're still fishing. I'm, I'm fishing. That's, that surprises me. Yeah, I'll tell you why I'm fishing. Okay, so it's a little bit of what are you going to get for him. Um, as we talked about, his quarterback's having a regression year, um, and he can't make anybody into a productive fantasy football player. Like that's yeah. Uh, Davis, Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Um, I will say this. We're starting to see... Uh, Pierce, the running back, Damian Pierce, Mm -hmm. um, show his potential. And as he starts abusing defenses in the way that I think that he can, I do think that's going to help Davis Mills be able to do more play action stuff and, and be effective. And so then it comes down to, I don't think he's ever going to support two good wide receivers so it comes down to, is it going to be Brandon Cooks or is it going to be Nico Collins? And you start to see things where the um, – I would normally think the Cooks would be more consistent than Nico Collins, but the snap gap is decreasing. So Cooks outsnapped – Nico Collins by 17 week one, by 13 week two, by 11 week three. It is decreasing. Nico is doing more. Nico is the downfield guy. So he's a bit more like we talked about last week, Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. He's more of the Olave type, although he has more to his game. If I'm betting long term, like I think that Nico is just going to start eating a bigger portion of that pie. Um, So comes down to what you would you're not going to get anything for him that's why you're still fishing because it sounds like you're making a case for him no i'm making a case for that i don't think yeah yes i he's stuck in houston for two to three years nothing sexy happens in houston (laughs) except for that one swingers convention i got stuck at that's a different story (laughs) but (laughs) 
Um, Yo, you got stuck. It was, it was, okay. it wasn't just me. It was an involuntary thing. This happened to be at the hotel that I was staying at. Right. And it took us a while to figure out what was going on. It was a hilarious story. <laughs> At any rate, um, so uh, I, I just don't think you can move them. If you can move them, great. I, it, this is not – you said you were surprised that I was saying fish, and maybe maybe it's not the right word. I don't think that you can get anything for him. I wouldn't cut him. I wouldn't – he's not – to me, it's like he's not – Okay, Rasha Clogger, I'm cutting him because I do think that there's a chance that offense opens up that he can be the guy. I just think because of the stink factor with Houston, I just don't think you're, you're going to be able to call somebody up and say, "Hey, do you want Brandon Cooks?" And someone's going to be like, "Yeah, right." So I think that that's the problem. Your choice is going to be to cut him or keep him, and if that's my choice, I'm keeping him. Yeah, I think that's probably that's probably true. All right, DJ Moore is our next wide receiver, 58 right now, three weeks into the season. For me, DJ Moore, it's, it's a case of fool me once, shame on you. Fool me five times, <laughs> shame on me. Uh, Moore has never finished higher than the wide receiver 18. Now, wide receivers, too, have plenty of value, but the fact is that DJ Moore in his fifth season here is still being ranked by attitude of the people mm -hmm. as a, as a number one, a low end wide receiver one. Yeah. And he's just never, he's never done that. And he's, we, there's no indication that he's going to do it this year. Baker Mayfield is not the answer by all appearances. Um, DJ Moore has never had more than four touchdowns in a season. I don't necessarily see that changing this year. And here's a list of guys, Sean. I want to listen to these names because okay. they've all done something that DJ Moore has never done. Okay. Randall Cobb. Okay. Mm. Robert Woods, who's a pretty good receiver. Yeah. Devontae Parker. Mm. Um, plus 15 other active players have done this thing that DJ Moore has not. You yeah. know what? What is that thing? It's put up 1,200 yards in a season. <laughs> now, he's put up 1,100 something. So that's why people like him is he's put up a bunch of yards. But if you're talking 1,100 yards and four touchdowns in a year, no, it's not a wide receiver one. So I would cash say, in. yeah, take this ADP, this attitude of the people, and cash in on it. So this is this is every year there are. This is the thing I I notice by participating in fantasy football Twitter. There are a lot of people who style themselves as experts, and they decide what is right and what is wrong and who wins and who loses. And there's a certain group think that happens and it's, it's all based on numbers, you know, things that nerds care about. Well, it is fantasy nerds. Not numbers are fairly important. <laughs> it is. But I will tell you though, that's not the numbers that matter. It's not the production numbers. It's all the prediction numbers, right? So what, what's this person going to do? Well, so here's the thing. Every year there's somebody that the fantasy community thinks is amazing. And, and it's just kind of group think happens that this, this guy is, you can't miss on him. You might call him bulletproof, for example. Uh, but sometimes those guys are actually not any good. It happens. And Nikhil Harry. Yeah. Nikhil Harry is a great one. And if you watch film, Sometimes you can see these things. Sometimes you can't. 
but what I'm concerned about with more is, and we're five years in, right? But his bio is impeccable. 98th percentile college dominated rating, 100th percentile target share in college, uh, breakout age, uh, 97th percentile, 18.4. These are the things that the numbers geeks are tell you, this is the guy you have to get. But, and I, I, I looked at, maybe you might use a little different scoring system than I did, but ever, except for one year, DJ Moore has been a wide receiver three or worse. Yeah, it, I think it does depend on whether you're calling PPR sure. or half point or whatever. And, and I'm just, I, I'm I just, he's not been that great. He said one year, his second year, he was, he was quite good. Still only scored four touchdowns. He plays a lot. He gets, he's on the field all the time. He's running routes all the time. He doesn't get separation. His separation numbers aren't great. He doesn't win contested catches, and he's not a run-after-catch guy. He's expensive-ass Sterling Shepard is what he is, right? He's Sterling Shepard that you are paying big-time numbers for, and that's not what he is. So sell his inflated ass. <laughs> wow. You got some fire in your belly. I'm just saying, DJ Moore, it, like, people still... It, it, Look, everybody comes at this their own way, and I'm not trying to pick on people who do things differently than I do. But DJ Moore, for me, is an ultimate example of you are going to believe your your model over actual production. This isn't one year. We're trying to figure out what happened after one year or two years, three years. This is a lot of years of him just not being very good. Yeah. And Maybe the same argument could be made with Terry McLaurin, but Terry McLaurin, at least, at least the people who like, whose job it is like, to to rate how guys do on the football field, you know, PFF or the, his his the cornerbacks in the NFL who are, are picking guys for for various awards or whatever, like people say he actually frightens them, right? No one's scared of DJ Moore. He's not winning anything. He's Expensive ass Sterling Shepard. Wow. And I feel bad saying that because Sterling Shepard, poor Sterling Shepard, hurt, got hurt again last night. So did I'm, you not see trying, it? I'm not trying to, it did see it. It, it looked, I mean, that was, he was jogging. a scary was, thing because he yeah. was jogging. There wasn't anybody within I didn't even look yards at, of yeah, him. I didn't look at the report. It, yeah. For a guy that has gone through what he's gone through, I, just, I do feel bad for him. So I yeah. feel bad using him in a negative yeah. way. Disparaging uh, him the because night I'm, after. Because I'm not disparaging DJ. DJ Moore might be a tremendous human being. He probably is. But he ain't going to be a dynasty wide receiver one, and you need to unload him while you can. Yeah, you can cash in on that. All right, Chase uh, Claypool. Chase Claypool. I'll try that a second time. <laughs> wide receiver 66. Uh, is it time to move on? So I look at him. I, I like Chase Claypool. I look at his situation. He's got underwhelming quarterback play. He's on a team with two receivers that are just better at everything than he is. He's never going to be the best route runner. He's never going to be the best downfield target. He's physically larger than Pickens in terms of like muscles. But I don't think in a dogfight, I think George, I would bet on George Pickens, right? I think I, I – Talent wins out. Claypool's in a situation where he's just going to 
his value is going to decrease and decrease. He's not he's not capable. I mean, very few people are capable, but he's not capable of making a catch anywhere near what Pickens just made. Like that, that was pretty catch. That was like our, one of the best catches I've ever seen. Yeah, and that doesn't mean he's going to be great, but it just means he's way more talented than Chase Claypool. And over time, it's just going to be everything's going to shift in his direction, and, and Claypool will be the, the 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 he's the Jake Reed of the group. I would argue that catch was prettier than the OBJ catch that all the kids were imitating. My kids were just the right age when OBJ oh, yeah, made yeah, that true. catch. OBJ scored though, and they and I think they won the game, whereas uh, where they lost. <laughs> but the difficulty level of no. the Pickens catch, yeah. the way he had to. It was it, the physics were working against him. No, it, yeah. I, I, many people who I trust to know these things have made the same comment. Like yeah. it, it's, it, I'm not going to, they both are amazing, amazing, amazing catches, yeah. but, but it's, it's uh it was, it was, you know, whether that gets him more targets, we'll see. <laughs> All right. We got one more receiver and a couple of tight ends. Uh, Darnell Mooney is our last receiver. He's currently the wide receiver 114. Um, I'm going to say, well, I'll save my, I'll make my point and then you probably will know what my conclusion is, but uh, he finishes, uh, Mooney finishes the wide receiver 24 last season. He had 1,000 yards and four touchdowns. DJ Moore-esque. Yeah, but but a lot of hope. Like, we hadn't, he was a second-year player, kind of putting up some. Just like DJ Moore was. Decent <laughs> numbers. That's mm-hmm. probably true. Um, but I look, went and looked back at his season. He had only seven games with double-digit scoring and half PPR last year which is okay. He's a young receiver kind of working his way in. Uh, But he would have been a weak loser in six other weeks. He put up five or fewer points in half PPR. Is that, is that your lingo weak loser is like, if you get five or few points, is that, is that Tim lingo or is that? Yeah, that's, that's my, I'm just like, if your receiver puts up five points or fewer. Yeah. You're you're going to have a hard time winning. Yeah. Likely to lose you that week for your game. So, Again, I understand he's a young receiver. That's probably not all that surprising. Um, however, we've talked about the fact that Chicago is just such a mess in the passing game right now, and that's where Mooney is stuck, at least through next year. His rookie contract goes through next season. I don't have faith that Chicago's going to turn it around before then. If he, Even if he does move on to another team after uh, his fourth season, you know, there's... Most often, these receivers struggle in their new place for at least a year. So I just think... Unless he's more like Stefan Diggs, who is a similar late-drafted NFC North Also guy. a fifth-rounder, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I think it's it's not a good bet. I would, I would say cash in on the fact that he's really young. He turns 25 next month. He's shown some promise. That's actually um, not that young, though, if you think about it. Well, turning 25, 25, 26. 28. I mean, he's not a young, young receiver. But, no. you know, when people, if you sell him right now, he's 24. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe, maybe try to make your well, move. That sounds really young. <laughs> there you go. I feel like um, CeeDee Lamb is still like 19, though. So anyway. So I would, uh, well, he's wait not. till we t- we're talking about a, a tight end later. I couldn't yeah. believe how young he is, but. Anyway, I would move on from him if you uh, if you can. Okay, so I put him down as a fish. Okay, so that means we have to fight it out. Yep. 
no. I, actually, I think it depends on how you view the question. If you're looking for a 2022 payoff, the answer is to cut bait. Uh, in anything that's a, like a yearly league, you know, he's droppable, I think. Yeah. But um, people are coming to us for salary cap. Assistance, I, I, I would ride out the storm. I do think he's got talent. I wrote this, and then I have to read it out loud, and it's hard to do that. I wrote, and I'd ride out the storm and hope the Bears get their their head head. The Bears would get their heads, multiple go, Bears, right? multiple go, heads, yeah, heads out of their asses. You can, you, Especially if you go plural with like, asses, yeah, yeah, get their head out of their asses. That's a weird animal. That's a really weird bear. <laughs> um, at any rate, uh, I don't actually think the Bears are going to get their head heads out of their asses, but. You know, I I think that he you can limp along with him for a bit, uh, and I do think there's a chance that they do, and there's a chance that um, that they that they find pieces to put around Fields to make him a little more successful. Hopefully, they're not things that take away his target share. It's a close call for me. It's a close. It's you. You have to be willing to sit on this guy, and. Um, and whether For a it's long worth it, time. maybe, yeah, but it's he's, it, he, maybe he's inexpensive though, and you can afford to do it. Well, the good thing is, is that if you drafted him, you probably drafted him in like your fourth or fifth round or something like that. So he might be super cheap, or if you got him early enough, because you know he he did have some flashy plays early. So if hmm. you were one of those people who saw that and was like, okay, I'm, I'm in on Darnell Mooney. I think you and I actually talked about him fairly early. Um. But a lot of people are not in that situation, and then you have to decide, is he worth committing a roster spot and his salary for two years probably where you're going to get nothing? Yeah, or even it could be three. That's, that's my <laughs> it problem. It could be more. Yeah, no, I hear you. Okay. All right. Tight um, ends. Yep, we'll finish up with a couple of tight ends. Irv Smith Jr., tight end 17 right now. I started off saying cut bait. Okay. Because I'm a I'm live in Minnesota. I pay close attention to the Vikings, and I've seen a couple of really bad drops by Irv Smith this season. And I started asking myself, what's he's what's he really ever done? Well, I look back. He did finish as the tight end twenty two, with, with three right, three hundred sixty five yards and five touchdowns in twenty twenty. That was his second season. He missed all of last year, his third season. And then I mentioned he had those those passes dropped in pretty key situations this year. But here comes my butt. <laughs> he mm. just turned been said so many times. He just turned twenty-four. And I want to remind myself and everybody listening, age twenty-five is typically a turnaround season for these tight ends. He just was really young when he came into the league. So I know. I see you grimacing over there, Sean. Well, I just want to clarify something on that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I don't know if it's fair to say age 25 is typically a turnaround season. I think if you are going to be good, you will do it by age 25. Will, but there's lots of guys who just never end up being good, and the question for me is Irv Smith. Any good. One of those, you see, one of the guys that can turn around by age 25 
or is he not? That that's a hundred percent fair, and I agree with you. And but I would the one thing I would change is it's it's usually after age twenty five. I think is when they turn sure. the corner if they're going to. So I agree. There's still there's still a window of opportunity. You're saying exactly. I I still think given the tight end landscape, these young tight ends. I still think Irv Smith, he's a second-round NFL pick. I think he still has as good a shot as any young tight end to to step to the next level. Okay. So I, I would I ended up deciding I was going to fish with him because okay. of that. That's that's all legitimate. I, I, I'm cutting bait, and I'll tell you why I'm cutting bait. Even though I accept the modified 25-year rule... <laughs> Can we name that after me? I don't know. Like yeah. A, what is that? A, a, a maximum? T-K-T-E, uh, breakout. I don't know. What, right. If I'm going to come up with something, I, I can't Give do it, it live. Yeah. yeah. Um, see, even though I basically agree that got, tight ends, you don't need to panic if they're not good at 24. Here is, and he, Here's what I would say. In... 20 years of doing this for all these tight ends that kind of break out obscure tight ends, prominent tight ends that break out late. First of all, I think a lot of the guys that kind of break out late are kind of more of the obscure guys, the George Kittles. Nobody was drafting George Kittle, but before they break out, I feel like you see signs like Kittle was a great one. Like I saw he was putting up some numbers. I, I picked him up. I, I saw the shiny thing next to it. I cut him. You picked him up, and then he blew up, right? But he was showing signs before the blow yeah. up, right? I like, I like that story, Sean. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunately what happens sometimes, and in, 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 when you only have so much roster space, you can't keep them all all the players you like. I think normally you see some signs, and all I see with Irv Smith is injuries and unrealized opportunity. I don't see. I don't see the oh the 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 gemstone that needs to be polished. I just see a guy, and and he he's not been buried behind a top like some of the guys that pan a little bit late. They're they're sometimes buried. You had Dallas Goddard, right? Isaiah Likely now, arguably Noah Gray. They they got a a guy in front of them that that's going to be is one of the best tight ends in the league or. or um, Goddard doesn't anymore, but he did. Um, and so this isn't a situation where he's just been buried behind a superior talent because the Vikings haven't had a good tight end in quite a while. Right. Um, and so he, he's been handed the starting opportunity, and he's been hurt, but when he hasn't been hurt, he also hasn't been great. All right. And our last guy, Cole Komet. Currently the tight end 51. Lots of people were talking up Komet, myself being one of them this year. He saw so much action last year, but he's uh, putting up 1.7 points per game right now. <laughs> right. That uh, offense, though. That offense. I know. So uh, I, he's he's a bear. Here's my here's where I, how I came to my conclusion. He's a bear. He's on, he's on pace for 29 targets this season. I mean that'll probably change, but holy cow! Um, he this is the guy I was talking about. That's so young. He's in his third season. He's still only twenty three years old. Yeah. Um, 
So here's what I would say. You don't need to roster Komet right now. I think given his situation, I think let him go, trade him. You can pick him back up in 2024 if he's still hanging out there. He might turn into something then. Uh, I think he is a good a good tight end, but I think you can cut bait. Do you agree with me, Sean? It feels a little funny saying that, but given I'll tell you what, what else you, is out there. What but, seems to me is is in what I would call an anti-intellectual thought, People, which is I, can't, I just can't recommend investing in any bears. Like, I just can't. Like, I don't see where that franchise is going that's anything good. I don't see him suddenly becoming um, some amazing talent. I don't actually think that he was that good to begin with, to be honest, totally honest. I was more impressed with a guy like Pat Fryermuth um, than I ever was on Cole Komet. Like, he reminds me a little bit of this year's draft class. Like, uh, I like Jelani Woods, right? Um, by the end of it, I liked Isaiah Likely <laughs> by the end. Right. But who's the who's the, the top guy? Um, the Cardinals oh, Trey McBride. Yeah. Another guy that, like, I'm just not that in on. And um, so that's kind of how I feel about Cole Komet. Like, I don't... I don't see a special talent, and sometimes those guys emerge, and he might. But by then, if you're holding on to him, waiting for that, like I think you're better off just picking him up later on. Yeah, if he can. Now, I just wanted to, another clarification. You said you you would fish with um, Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, and but you said you wouldn't invest in any bears. I'm assuming. You wouldn't go out and get those but Dar- guys. But, but Darnell Mooney has done something. Mm-hmm. Like, Colt really hasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, and Justin Fields, to me, still has. If I'm picking guys that are terrible at quarterback right now that I can see being a top six fantasy qu- quarterback in their future, like, Fields is still one of them. His ceiling isn't quarterback 15, Right, Cole Komet's ceiling might be tight end ten. Right, that might be a ceiling. It probably is actually, yeah. Right, and so for me, like, uh, I'll go seven. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, as we know, the difference between seven and and ten is like <laughs> half a point a game, right? right? So, so for me, it's 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 like, I I don't, I don't see the upside to justify the the hold, whereas I do with Mooney and I do with Fields. All right, that's going to wrap it up for our Fisher Cut Bait episode. Next week, Sean, I peeked ahead. Last year, anyway, we did our Pushing the pushing All Your Chips In episode next week. It seems so early for that, but I, I do think that the conversation needs to start happening. You get four weeks into the season, you get a feel for, do I have a, do I have a decent team this is, or not? I mean, like, this is, so this is, this is a good one for me next year, or next week, because I'm currently... In our league, I'm three and zero, and I might—I didn't actually look at the total, but I think I might be like tenth in the league in scoring. Like, <laughs> I have faced the least number of points, and so now I have to decide: is do I push, I, chips do in I push my chips in or not? It probably depends if I beat Farhan this week, which I think the odds are pretty low. But I won't be pushing my chips in, but you might need to push your chips in, thieves. So tune in next week. We'll be talking about that. Thank you for joining us this week, and until then, bye-bye. Thank you for listening 
to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod. Thank you.